BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right, you guys ready? Do it. All right, guys. Yes. Welcome to the Full Blast Podcast. I'm Jeff Fader, and I am here, goddammit, with my friends, Ben Snoor and Ben Kamon. And I am fired up. We're going to have some fun. But before we get into it, i got to talk to you about my sponsors. Number one is Broadback Ironworks, makers of the 2x72 grinder. This is a dynamite grinder. I use it all the time. I use it for knife making. I use it for metalworking. I use it for woodworking. I use it for whatever it takes. And these are knife makers making machines that are very usable because they need it too. These are guys are world-class knife makers as well. So if you go to broadbackironworks.com, they have a couple things going on. From the 15th to the 25th, they will run a uh, 10% off grinder packages for Quad State. And uh, they're going to be down there at Quad State with belts, uh, attachments, parts, packages, and stuff like that. And then after the 26th, you can put in promo code KNIFETALK10 to get 10% off your order. I love these guys. I love them. I'm going to see them at Maker Camp and um, Broadbeck's Dynamite. Next, who I'm also going to see at Maker Camp, I hope, are Even Heat. Uh, the Even Heat guys are an awesome family, and um, they are the sponsors of this podcast. They're the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. Go to get your next oven at evenheat-kill.com. Check out the tap control. Check out the solid state drive. I just made some hammers. I used the even heat, and I used it. I used another even heat to temper, and all my knives are heat treated and tempered, hardened and tempered with an even heat. So go check out evenheat-kill.com. If you're in Australia, go check out Nordic Edge. That's Nordic. That's at Nordic underscore Edge on Instagram and NordicEdge.com.au. It's a uh, blacksmithing, bladesmithing, metalworking, knife making. A supply company in Australia. They also teach classes. Uh, if you want to get knife making material and supplies, grinders, tooling, all that stuff, handle kits and parts and steel and hammers and all that stuff, go check out nordicedge.com.au. They work with guys like Mertansu, Mer who is like a world class knife maker. And if he supports them, then that's good enough for you. That's good enough for me. It's good enough for you. They make a great. Uh, they make a great. A tang hole saw. They make a uh, jig uh, for beveling, and they are a really terrific company uh, in Australia. So go check out what's going on with them. That's nordicedge.com.au. And next thing is my friends over at Maritime Knife Supply. I'm looking forward to seeing my buddy, Lawrence Lake. 
Lawrence Lake, uh, owner of Maritime Knife Supply. He's celebrating his third year in business thanks to this generous support of the knife-making community. So go check out uh, Maritime Knife Supply. Congratulations, Lawrence. You did it. All your knife-making needs, belts, abrasives, steels, kilns, forges, press, heat-treating ovens, all that stuff. Get started, resupplied. You're in Canada, but they ship with ease and take advantage of that exchange rate. They got tons of steel. You can get 10% off your abrasive belt packs when you get a pack of 10. Go to Maritime Knife Supply and see what the fuss is about. If you want some damn steel, get it from him. If you want to get some uh, combat abrasives, you want to get some Broadback Ironworks. They're distributors of Broadback Ironworks too. Uh, TR Maker, and whatever you need. He's a knife maker too. And if there's something that you think that he could use that would be helpful to the knife making community in Canada, let him know. I'm sure he'll get it. Every time I mention anything, he'll send me a message saying, I got that. So go check out what's going on with MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Next are my friends, Sam and, Sam and Jeff over at Trojan Horse Forge. They're the makers of the TH. Uh, THF, Stable Rail Knife Finishing Vices. Their vices are built in the heart of Texas. The vices are designed to take your handle finishing to a whole new level. I I'll tell you what, they're, they're about as good as it gets. You can use them for hand sanding. You can do use it for the handle sculpting. Uh, they are terrific. And then they also have this new system uh, that's specifically for the Stable Rail Knife Finishing Vice. It's a handle press attachment. So you can glue up your hidden tag knives using the Stable Rail Knife Finishing Vice. And they're also... The, uh, they are also distributor. They also make this stuff called T4 Sentinel Oil. It's this great stuff. I have a box. He sent me a box of it, and it is really nice. comes in these little eyedroppers. You feel like you're a professional, frankly, a real professional. You, you, you don't have like a dip container full of wax. You have this like medical-grade bottle with this eyedropper, and you think all of a sudden you, you know, you're going to make it happen. So go check out what's going on over at TrojanHorseForge.com. You put in the promo code FULLBLAST10, you're going to get 10% off everything there. And if you want it, do you say, hey, I want to be a distributor for uh, the T4 Sentinel Oil. Get a hold of those guys over at TrojanHorseForge.com. Talk to them. Say, you know, I want to be a distributor for you guys, and then they will let you do that. It might be a couple, might be a good way for you to get a couple extra bucks. You know what I'm saying? Next is my friends at Baker Forge and Tool. That's BakerForge.com. They're Baker Forge and Tool on Instagram. If you're a knife maker and you're looking for some high quality, beautiful crafted Damascus material, they take your creation to the next level. They got Damascus. They have Tiger My, Bronze My. They have Copper My. All, all this stuff. It is really great. If you're a stock removal guy, it's easy. It's easy to work with. It's all annealed. It comes annealed in the size that you need uh, for your project. And heat treating super easy. Uh, they're very helpful. Uh, Koi and those guys do a great job. I've gotten a few pieces from them, and it's really it is stunning material. And when you etch it, you use, uh, use that gator piss. You know what I'm saying? The gator piss is the stuff that is that etchant. And I make jokes, and people say, I got knife makers who say to me, you know, they shouldn't name it that, and that name is inappropriate, and stuff like that. Meanwhile, they're using it, so who cares? I mean, just don't tell your customers, and it's fine. Go get yourself some of that gator piss at TrojanHorseForge.com. You can also go, if you're in the EU, you can go to DIYEurope.eu, and he is a distributor of gator piss in the Netherlands. So check out what's going on over there, and Full Blast gets you 10% off your order. Oh, by the way, if you're in Austria, if you're in Canada, uh, Lawrence Lake has Gator Piss too. So we're all we're all synchronized. Everybody's synchronized. Next is my friends at Totalboat. Totalboat.com/slash/fullblast is the affiliate code that will get you some Totalboat. I, I use the Totalboat. I use a two-part epoxy, and I really really love it. It's super.
super duper strong. Uh, I'm a little, it's a little bit almost too strong. I was trying to do a, I was trying to do a video where I could take off the epoxy off the steel plate with a with the scraper, and it was too goddamn hard. I couldn't get it off. So it is hard stuff. It's really great, and I really like using it for knife making. So check out totalboat.com/fullblast and go check out all the other things they have. GL Hansen Sons, those are my boys, over gcarta.bigcartel.com. Gcarta is a unique composite of natural fibers fabrics mixed with epoxy under pressure. It is really, really unique stuff. It looks like cross-cut micarta, but they're using colorful rags. It is definitely 100% going to put some razzle, put some lead in your pencil, really. If you're going to have a knife with a wild handle, this is the stuff for you. Go to uh, gcarta.bigcartel.com. Check out what the fuss is about. Get that Bofa, Ripple Cut, Tuxini by Mikey, Mahi Mahi, Radio Worm, Gcarta, Pheasant by Mikey, Colorama, Hoopla. The Hoopla is my favorite. It is really wild stuff, and uh, the amazing colors are terrific. It's just so some of that electric fuzz, baby, because, <laughs> hey, baby, your peach is fuzzy. All right. And last but not least, I got to thank my friends at Tormac. I use my Tormacs today. I sharpened up a, a grip of knives, and I really like the Tormac. They're celebrating 50 years in business, and uh, they're celebrating it with the T, the black T8 sharpening uh, machine. The black T8 sharpening as a water-cooled sharpener. Uh, the system is really great. You can use the jigs. You don't have to use the jigs. They also have diamond wheels, so you don't have to dress the wheels. Those things are tight and uh, it is really some it's a great piece of equipment and it's made my knives better by a mile I'm not using belts anymore sometimes I felt like I was getting a little undercut towards the heel uh, this system is slow er but it's very efficient uh, as long as you you know as long as you try it and practice it and stuff like that it is really great and I yeah I'm I was the first person to say I'm not crazy about it but it was all user error and uh, if you are sharpening a knife or resharpening a knife if you are in production you can haul ass safely and effectively with the Tormek so go check out Tormek.com and at Tormek sharpening on ig all right guys listen my friends are here we finally did it we did it we did it we did it ben snoor one of the best and ben come on one of the best guys welcome aboard thank you thanks <laughs> well google let's you finally get to meet each other too yeah. <laughs> don't sound so excited for christ's sake <laughs> this is only like three episodes uh, to, to get here but What's been going on, guys? Back your way, Mr. Snoor will start. <laughs> ben, Snoor, what's going on? Uh, just ranch work. That's about it. You've been... Sweating like a nun in a cucumber patch. <laughs> why? <laughs> why are they sweating? That's the best. We all know why. It's fine. <laughs> I really love uh, the content you've been doing lately where you've been seeing how you uh, roll up the barbed wire and you are doing all that ranch stuff. It looks like it's exhausting work. It is. It is. And luckily here, here like in the last week, it's kind of cooled off. But before that, it has just been miserably hot and dry, dry, dry. But we got a little rain this last week and, and you know, Things got to get done, whether it's hot or cold. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I have a question right away. Lay it on me. <laughs> How many rattlesnakes did you kill this year? Not very many. Uh, I think I'm up to maybe just four. Really? Yeah, and it's uh, nobody else has killed very many. They've kind of cleared out for whatever reason. 
And I, I think it's because of the feral hogs. Okay. They are eating those? Yes, they are. But they are a pest by themselves, right? They most certainly Or are. It's I, You know, it's... it's I don't know which one is the lesser of two evils, but they're both both a nuisance. Are are the the hawks dangerous to humans? Uh, like rabbit yeah, snakes are? They well, they can be. I mean, they're a, a big boar is a damn aggressive animal, and they'll yeah. come after you. Or if you got a sow with a bunch of piglets, they can come after you. And I've heard of people being kind of trapped by them in a tree or on a on a big round bale of hay. Uh, but thankfully, that's never happened to me. I mean, those are about the most dangerous animals we have in Austria in the wild. So if the if if they have the piglets, then <laughs> your only chance essentially is to run and and get up onto a tree. Otherwise, yeah. it will pretty much fuck you up. <laughs> you, yeah, the hogs in Austria are dangerous. Yeah, yeah, they can get big, and usually they they won't they won't attack you just for the for the fun of it. But if they have youngins, then um, That oftentimes you surprise them too, you know, if the if the forest is pretty thick and they don't hear you or smell you, and then you surprise them, then um, sometimes they will. My, my father was chased downhill by one some some years ago. So <laughs> now the ones y'all have there, how how do they differ from the Russian variety? Uh, I don't know about the Russian variety. All right. I know there for a long time, and the folks I worked for were kind of part of the problem, is they started bringing in the Russian boars, and then they would escape and, and procreate with the native pigs, and kind of made this super awful pig that, <laughs> okay. that we have now. There's, I this uh, brings me up to a weird news story that just happens to be, uh, I have to bring it up only because it's just it's very fitting. Texas woman attacked by a snake and hawk at the same time while mowing the lawn. Did you hear about this one, Ben? Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> I gotta read this one. A snake wrapped itself around Peggy Jones after falling from the sky shortly before a hawk swooped down to try to retrieve it, hacking her arm in the process. A Texas woman has recounted her terror after being attacked simultaneously by a hawk and a snake while she was mowing her lawn. Um, she was carrying out the garden shore when a snake fell on her, seemingly out of the sky, wrapped itself around her arm. The snake was squeezing so hard, I was waving my arms in the air, and then this hawk was swooping down and clawing at my arm over and over again. I just kept saying, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. <laughs> Miss Jones said the hawk attempted at least four times to take the snake uh, before eventually succeeding in its mission, leaving blood everywhere. Her husband then ran out to see what was happening. I was yelling and screaming, and he didn't know what I was saying, and I thought I, I, thought I was bit by the snake, she added. Miss Jones said she went to the hospital where she was treated for cuts inflicted by, on her by the hawk and bruises from the snake wrapping itself around her arm. Despite not being bitten by the snake, she had a narrow escape saying, I discovered the lens on my glasses was broken and there was snake venom on my glasses. Remarkably, she had previously survived a snake bite, adding, I feel like the luckiest person alive to have survived this. Miss uh, Jones has been back to mowing her lawn under the close supervision of her husband. I think the husband is a real hero here. <laughs> Go ahead. For what? For what? 
How do I get my wife to do all the mowing? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to make an unpopular point. Is this possible that this is a bullshit story? That this woman made this whole thing up? This is the second time uh, it, she survived a snake bite. I, I kind of was thinking the same thing. I mean, what kind of... I've been around snakes a lot. A lot. My whole life. And I mean, I don't like them. They're not my friends or anything like that. But it had to be like a fucking boa constrictor to bruise her arm. Or she's got skin like tissue paper. How does it get onto the arm when she is mowing the lawn? I mean, I'm thinking either the the, the, the hawk snake dropped gets... it from the air. Oh, oh, you said oh, okay. I didn't listen. Sorry. The whole idea was, yeah. All of a sudden, she's walking around and a snake falls from the sky and it hits oh, her in the worse. arm and then wraps around her arm and then the this. So obviously, this the hawk dropped it and then he going back to to for the well, a lot of the time the that's rebound. what they do. That's how they kill him. He's going for the re. Oh, he they drop him. Oh. That's how they kill him. Yeah, and that does the trick. Yep. Well, I mean, if you're dropped from two hundred foot up, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna fuck you up. Is that because their claws can't constrict enough to get, or the claws itself can't get can't get the snake in the grip? Oh, I think it's just easier than than sitting there trying to peck at them and you know hold them and and bite them to death. So grab them, go straight up in the air, and then drop them from a height, and then you're gonna. That's it. Correct. But and he just happened to hit this woman. Yep. That's a, and you know if huh. if the whole thing is true, like I can't decide if she's lucky or unlucky. Like, is that something you're like, okay, what are the odds of this happening? I better go buy a lottery ticket. They're the strangest thing. I I think we once talked about this. Uh, my mother-in-law has this made this tiny pond in like a old bathtub on her property. It's like the size of a, it's a bathtub. And there were fish in there out of nowhere. She never put the fish in there. So we came to the conclusion that a bird must have shit out a fish egg and dropped it right in the pond. Like we couldn't understand how is this possible that I, this woman I have dealt with those things too. Go ahead. Like just out in the middle of nowhere in Arizona, you'll have the steel rim tank and there's some fish in and how do those fish get there? It'll be like a four foot tall steel tank, big, you know, thousands of gallons. But there's no way that a fish egg could get there or a fish or whatever. And but you I have think fish in I your... Think, uh, I think the, the, the birds will land and the fish eggs stick to their leg, is my guess. Did, did you put the fish in your uh, water, like water reservoirs for the, for the cows? The ones I have here, yes, we we've stocked with fish. We've got okay. bass and bluegill, catfish. Okay, uh, that may be about it. Does that help the water for the cows? No, <laughs> it's for <laughs> fishing. <laughs> it's obviously for I fishing. Don't even, I don't even. I don't even like to eat them. I just like a fish. Oh, <laughs> that's the way to go. Yeah, it I'm was a really. Catch it was really guy. There is other something. Somebody else. I when we mentioned this, somebody also mentioned that like, if you go to like, like if you get fish tank supplies and stuff like that, sometimes that there are eggs on the parts. Like you can you can like inadvertently get like fish eggs on some of the aquarium parts. I'm not 100 percent sure if that's 100 percent true, but it's something that I've. I wonder though how 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 sure are you that your mother wasn't like <laughs> being funny with you? I you know what I I would she I think that I was I said you know I was I'm down by that little 
that little uh, bathtub you made. And I think I saw fish in there. And she goes, I didn't put any fish in there. And I was like, all right, well, that was the end of that. I mean, it wasn't really like, I mean, it, it wasn't just like, there was no set up punchline, you know? So. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. What else is going on the ranch, Ben? Uh, not just a whole lot. Just kind of playing a lot of fence work. You know, I caught for years out here. I worked my ass off, and I got to a spot where everything just kind of got a lot easier. I had everything in good shape, and then you just sort of go into maintenance mode. And maintenance mode doesn't necessarily mean you fix everything correctly all the time. And so then some of those kind of half-assed jobs start to add up, and at some point you just got to go to actually fixing things. So that's probably. I saw that you did, like, you had this amazing, you made this amazing, like, it's to, to, to spool up all the barbed wire with, like, it was almost like a fork and spaghetti, and you had to break that, <laughs> you, you, you broke the, you broke the spindle, and you had to build a new spindle. Yeah, I, well, I, what happened is I had a whole bunch of pipe, like, a, I want to say it's two and three-eighths pipe with a two-inch inside diameter, and I had a bunch of that. I thought, okay, I'm going to use this pipe to roll up this wire, throw it away when I'm done with it, because I've got extra. But the problem is, is the pipe doesn't fit on. The, the deal I'm using is is the dig post hole on the front of the skid steer. It's got an auger on it, you know, drill down in the ground, pull it out, and that's what you dig post hole instead of having the, the manual idiot stick. <laughs> but the pipe that I had wanted to use was too small to go on to that post hole auger. And so I, I spent a lot of time. I made this fantastic adapter. And then, of course, the pipe that I was using was too weak and sheared off. And so I had to start using slightly more expensive pipe, which was just laying around out here. But it, it worked worked a real treat. And rolled up, you know, 400 yards of wire in three minutes, something like that. Do you have to, like, unhook it from the posts, or? No, I just threw that shit in the trash pit. No, I mean, like, the, when you when you spool it up, do you have to, like. Oh, yeah, I, I did have to think. What you use on a T-post is called a T-post clip, and that's what wires the wire to the T-post. So I had to go through and, and cut off all the T-post clips, and then once it's free, the T-post way i went is it hard to put the new barbed wire back up no i had it done about in an afternoon how, how, how do you do it so i i there's another building thing i built a little deal so the the barbed wire comes on spools and i built a deal that goes into the receiver hitch on a side by side with a plow disc under it so it can't get hung up and then tie it one end tie the wire to one end of where you're going to put the fence, drive off slowly. Oh, and then stop every so often. No, I just, I went the whole 400 yards or so, and then once you've got it all out there, then you cut it off of the spool, use a come along, and a, uh, they call it a wire grip, but you stretch that fence tight, tie it off, and then go back through and, and put the depot splits back on. You do that for five strands. How, how hot was it when you were doing this? Oh shit! It was off. Uh, I don't know, like one oh six. Oh my god! How do you make sure that you don't like collapse out there? Drink a lot of water. All right there you go. Wear a cowboy hat. Have a tiny bit of shade. <laughs>
Do you have a water cooler with you, or is it just piss warm water? <laughs> uh, no, I, we've got an, a commercial ice maker out here, and I have a good cooler, so I keep uh, ice cold water in okay, here. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hot water would not be re- yeah, as refreshing no. as one would hope. <laughs> and I, I, you know, sometimes you have to do that, but yeah, it's it's not. It doesn't really quench the thirst. No. Could could you drink the water from the you know from the kettle? How do you call them? The, the kettle. Uh, uh, the the tanks. Yeah, tanks. We we our our water's in tanks, and I got steel rims, dirt dirt tanks, and most of those places where I have water, if there's a windmill or a solar well or something like that, it, if it's it's always windy and the sun's always out. So there's water coming up out of the ground fresh, so I wouldn't have to get it directly out of the tank. But okay. I've had to do that because I did it in Arizona, and I didn't know that there was a cup hanging on the side of the tank. And so I just ended up having to drink straight out of the tank, and luckily I didn't get or OI or anything like that. Oh, I can only imagine the fucking Giardia. Yeah, that's bad news. And sometimes you're just thirsty enough. Like, you know, I had never been thirsty enough like Bear Grylls and had to drink my own piss, but I've been awful thirsty where I've been not very picky about what I'm going to drink. Bear Grylls is an idiot, though. Bear Grylls is an idiot. Yeah. Let's continue on this. That that spans worldwide from, (laughs) from Texas to Australia to Austria. Bear Grylls, I, I saw him um, pressing the juice out of out of uh, elephant shit, yeah. and right behind him, him were green trees and bushes. You know that that alone tells me there is. I mean, if I would press out anything, then it would probably be the green leaves or whatever. But I wouldn't. <laughs> use, well, and it uh, immediately fresh. made him just sicker and shit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, elephant shit um, water. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He, yeah, the doo water is not not potable water. <laughs> it's but it, obviously this is one of these television things. I'm not a huge fan of Bear Grylls, but he makes doing disgusting things palatable because his accent is very jolly. You know, he's not <laughs> like he's not like it's not like Fear Factor where like let's get crazy and drink this urine. It's like I'm thirsty and this is the only thing I can do. He he makes it he makes it very. Uh, he 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 doesn't make it as disgusting as it sounds just because of his accent and his demeanor. Yeah, but if, could... if, if Prince Charles invited you to tea and said, "Hey, we're <laughs> we're drinking elephant shit water and eating dog turds," no matter how posh his accent, it's not going to be appealing or okay. No, you're absolutely right. He could try to make it more realistic too. I mean, I saw him once bite a living fish uh, through the spine just to kill it. And I'm thinking, I mean, (laughs) why? (laughs) Eating eggs uh, without, you know, peeling them. I mean, I can, I can eat an egg raw if it, if it is necessary, but I'm, I'm not eating the the shell. Yeah. You're not calcium deprived. Uh, Not yet. I mean, if, (laughs) if I was with Bear Grylls, maybe I would be. But his shows are very, his shows are very short, and he needs to do something slightly outrageous every time. He had, uh, he had on this football player Marshawn Lynch, who is hilarious. Marshawn Lynch, one of the greatest things of all time. He's just hilarious. He just, he's this funny guy. He just says funny things, and he's just, he, uh, I guess they're about to 
get up, you know, we're going to, all right, Marshawn, they're in the, they're doing a celebrity, you know, whatever, Bear grills, and he says, all right, Marshawn, you're going to grab the stick, and we're going to tie this knife to the stick, and then we're going to go, it's that hog over there, we're going to get it. And he's just like, well, you didn't bring a gun? He's like, why can't you, why could, I, I'm not doing that. I'm, we should have brought a gun, we'd <laughs> cap him. You know, it was very funny. And he, it was like, he was kind of pointing out how ridiculous it all is. He's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not jumping up on a hog. I'm not doing that. I, I love I love it when guys like that are just you know call out the ridiculousness of Bear Grylls. Well, and wasn't yeah. it proven that Bear Grylls was like staying in hotels right. every night and eating at McDonald's every night? Of course. I mean, these shows are ridiculous. I mean, it's although like... I I would say he deserved that for eating you know elephant shit water. Oh, for yeah. sure. For I sure. Mean, no, I if, think, if Bear Grylls has to park at like the end of a parking lot somewhere, he's stopping midway to drink his piss before he gets in the store. <laughs> you know, I, I ha in in regards to this, I have to make an admission. Yesterday, my wife went down to Philly to uh, do a concert, and uh, I went to go pick her up at the train station. And I drank. I, I'd work. I worked out yesterday afternoon, and then I drank a ton of water. And then I went in the car and I drove, and I sat. I sat in traffic for a long time, and when I picked her up. There was nowhere for me to go to the bathroom. I said, Hillary, I've got to fucking pull over on the side of the West Side Highway and I'm going to do something I've never done before, which is pee in traffic. I can't, I can't, I'm never going to make it. I'm, gonna, I'm never going to make it. I could not believe how much urine I, I shot out. I, it was like an incredible amount of piss. I mean, it was like I was going downhill and I was just like, God damn, this is like never ending. I peed and then the and the river of urine must have been 15 feet long. 15 feet, easy. I was like... That's not quite going where I was thinking it was going to go initially. Well, I mean, yeah. it was... It, I had had so much water that like if I was in dire need, I mean, that was like a quart. I mean, that was like... I would have been... I, my, I would have quenched my thirst the nice thing about being a man <laughs> the entire world that's right oh, i got such a funny story my father used to go to the bathroom in when we we would drive up to his his house the, the the drive was always like an hour and a half two hours and we'd stop at the grocery store on the way up and he had to piss like a racehorse every time he was like i, I can't, can't even and he was much older he's 50 years older when i was born he was 50 so he had, so I guess when he was 60, 65, 70, he was like, forget, I can't, I can't make it to the a bathroom. So he would open the car door, he'd stand outside the car door, and then he would go to the bathroom. Well, his wife used to get so mad. I mean, I was used to it, like every time. I mean, it was just like every time he'd stop at the supermarket, he'd open the door, and he would just go to the bathroom. So my, his wife said to me, Jeff, do something about it. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? And she said, well, do something. So I said, okie doke. So I went behind him and I pushed him into the car, <laughs> inside the inside of the car while he was peeing. And he peed all <laughs> over the car. And he's like, Jeff, what the f And he was furious with me. And I said, she told me to do something. That's all I could think of. Pushed him into the inside of the car while he was going to the bathroom. Oh, I'd have beat your ass. Oh, he, I mean, he would have, I mean, there was, I mean, so he was pissed. It was like, I, and it was like one of these things is just like, you know, you kind of know that it's wrong. You kind of know that it's funny. I was probably 14. Was it was a nice car? No. I mean, it was like a station wagon, but regardless, I mean, it was, he was surprised. He didn't expect to be, you know, his own son to kind of 
sabotage, well, ambush him into his own car and make him pee all over the inside of his car. You're a full grown man now. Oh yeah. What would you What would you do differently in that situation? Well, I I did it last time. I mean, yesterday I stood. I stood. You know. I, I mean, people saw me. So I. I mean. No, I'm, I mean with your father. Oh, what would I have done now? And my father would be. He'd be a hundred now. No, no, no. I'm saying, but hypothetically. You know, oh, I would have. I would have. I would have. I'll tell you what. I, I know exactly what I'd have done if his wife. If now looking back on it, I would have said to his wife, "Well, what am I supposed to do? I mean, guys, guys, go to the bathroom." Just, you know, I would have let him go. I mean, like. Look, gotta go to the bathroom. What are you gonna do? I, what, I can't stop him. What am I gonna go pinch him off? So I mean, what, I can't do anything. <laughs> you know, let him pee. <laughs> Give him a man a break. He's worked very hard for his life. I don't know why. Now, now that I think about it, if I was, you know, Jeff forty nine in the car with Jeff fourteen, and and his wife said to Jeff fourteen, fourteen years old, do something about it. I would have turned to him and I would have given him the wave. I would have nod my head, wave him. I would have waved him off. Don't do anything. Just let him pee go to the bathroom. Let him alone. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have oh, him I would have pushed him. The fourteen, the fourteen. I would have stopped the fourteen-year-old. Is what I would have done. I would have stopped it by father. Like, let him take a leak. We've got to take a look. What is he going to do? You know, I would have stopped my younger self. I. It was funny thinking about it, but I now. I mean, looking back, I'd be like, yeah, just let him go to the bathroom. What's the big deal? You can't stop a person from peeing. If they're nope. peeing, it's ridiculous. You'll hurt themselves. You get some sort of bladder infection or something. I don't want that. You know, let him alone. I'm far more. I'm far more uh, enlightened now than I was when I was 14. 14, I was like, I'm looking for a laugh. Okay, I think push him into the car. Isn't even the, the the problem. I mean, shitting would be a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never. That wasn't. A, uh, yeah, that would have been a problem. Yeah, that, if it was in the if it was in the parking lot, it'd be like, bro, you've got to do something. You can't sit in the parking lot, and shit. <laughs> On you know, the that's regular. a different story. Yeah, that would have been a different story. They're standing up and peeing, and you're standing on the inside of the car. Uh, let them alone. Yeah. Well, on the subject of shitting. Go ahead. Ben, how's life in Austin? <laughs> um, on that topic, I have a funny story because, I mean, I have two boys, so pissing isn't a problem when we're out. Uh, you know, as soon as there is anywhere a tree or some, some we don't care. But my younger son, he's four, he developed the habit of shitting everywhere. So when we go out hiking, <laughs> it's on the regular that he has to take a dump and then we have to get creative. And, you know, shitting is a bit, a bit more trouble than pissing. So, yeah. Other than I, that. I, this isn't helpful for going hiking, but I suppose it could be done. When my daughter Pinecone was little, and she'd be out traveling around the ranch with me. I kept a cinder block in the bed of the truck. She'd sit down and shit. That's a fucking clutch dad move. Oh, my God. I would have That's never thought about a cinder block. That's that like a just, genius just right move. For like a three-year-old. That might be good for anybody. Yeah. A yeah, fucking I mean cinder block. <laughs> Although, yeah, when we are hiking, I mean, I, I just hold him. But it's... Yeah. <laughs> does does he let you know? Does he say, "Dad, we're gonna"? Yeah, you know, he, he says he has to. Uh, he has to go to the toilet. I mean, he's only four. I I wouldn't um, ask him to hold it back for two or three hours. I don't. I don't. Four, I'm not sure it's okay. if Four. Yeah. It's, I mean, four. It's a child. And I mean, mo most of the time we're in the forest when we're hike. We're when we're hiking, or if you're you know somewhere civilized, then we have a toilet close to us. But he. 
he kind of developed the habit. Whereas the older one, he's only, you know, shitting at home. He's, okay. he's much more like... like the younger so. one... Now, uh, now, do you pack your shit tickets with you or do you make <laughs> him use a leaf? <laughs> no, no, we have, we have, um, we have a, a trash bag with us. Just oh, for you pack exactly that. With you. No, no, the shit, the shit stays in the forest, but uh, okay, the, all right, the, the toilet paper, yeah, the tissues, or uh, how do you call them? The <laughs> he called them a shit ticket. <laughs> <laughs> shit tickets, shit tickets. We we don't do. <laughs> <laughs> shit tickets. Um, I, well, I the only thing that was similar that I have a story about it was we were hiking with my dog. One of my dogs is my older dog is really quite a problem. She's becoming more and more. I don't know if she's got dementia or what, but she's just like she's a difficult dog. But when she was younger, we took her hiking, and we came to a public beach. And we let her kind of wade in by the beach. We were like probably 20 feet from where the beach swimmers were. And the dog really liked just kind of wading in the water. And the dog just started taking a dump in the water. And people started getting furious with me, even though they were 20 feet away. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And we, you know, the, the dog was taking a dump in the water 20 feet from these people. And it was like, couldn't help. I mean, I mean, grabbed it, do? took it Can away. Pinch it off? I mean, there was not much you could do about it. And people didn't really yeah. notice it until afterwards. And we grabbed it and we fucking ran off. We took, grabbed it and took care of it, apologized. Did you grab it, did you grab it with your bare hands? No, we got, ba- got <laughs> shit, I got shit bags. You know, like, you know, get yeah, the, 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 the dog I around. I mean, I don't take a dog anywhere where I got to pick up shit. I don't know how this stuff works. You, you, that's the thing. You and, uh, and Porter, you, neither one of you, uh, you have guys have like real dogs that don't, you know, you don't have to pick up their poo. But in, in New York, it's like a crime against humanity if you don't pick a dog shit up. It's really like... Yeah. In it every is city. Be- oh, my God. It is legitimately... Uh, there are people who... Lo- there are people who lose their lives because they... Uh, somebody will say, you better pick up that dog, but that poo, and then they'll turn into a thing, and somebody will kill somebody over the dog shit. It's serious business here. I always got a roll. I probably have a roll in my pocket right now. Although, I think, I mean, no shitting, that's that's one of the main reasons why I wouldn't get a dog, because I'm not picking up warm shit through a bag. I'm I'm, I'm not into that. So, I'm thinking... If you get a dog, you're 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 supposed to do that in the it's, city. It's not it's not the worst it's not the worst thing in the world. In the beginning, it was terrible. My kid would never do it. My daughter was just like, "Forget, I don't want to do it." I'm like, "All right, well, this is you dog, pick this dog." I mean, was, so it's not that bad. But what what the crazy part is, especially if you're in a neighborhood and if people know you by because you walk your dog and they always see you picking your dog shit up, you get a little bit more. Uh, high a higher ranking in society because they know. I'm telling you because they'll see, they, everyone sees you when you're not looking, and they see and when you're picking up dog shit, no one's really looking at you. But they but they see they know that you're doing it. They know that you're picking it up, and then you it's like what would you do if no one's watching? And you know I always pick it up just because a part of me always thinks someone's going to see me anyway. But you get this lev- different level of, of hierarchy in terms of civilized humanity when you you pick up your shit. And now, if you see someone and they don't pick up their shit, they 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 drop you know they drop to a different species almost. Now the question uh, is, would you confront them if you see? This is a good question, and this might be a cultural thing. 
this might be a, uh, a different part of the United States might confront them. I never confront anybody. I, 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 the only time I ever confront anybody is if there's a dog off the leash and it gets me crazy because they come running at me and I'm afraid they're going to attack my dogs or going to attack me. That's yeah. the only time I ever confront anybody. And I, and I usually say it in a very, very like seinfeld way. It's just very, <laughs> it's kind of pathetic. It's just like, are you going to do something or what? You know, it's usually something like that. I mean, come on. I mean, you're going to help me out here? Get your fucking dog. You know, it's like that. It's, it's just very like, it's not like, hey, asshole, get your dog. It's just like, are you going to do something about this? Or am I going to have to deal with this by myself? But I, I never confront anybody. But pardon I, me? I, that would roll off me like water up the well, back. I would not get Well, if somebody's... Shit, I would be the subspecies of human. I'm not picking up that turd. No, no, I'm talking about if some, if somebody said something to you, like... Or, or, yeah, obviously. No, they can say something. I doesn't bother me. The problem is in the city. If there is a dog shitting in the in the in the yard, you know, downstairs, we we live in apartments, and then the kids go play there, and my right. son is stepping into shit. I'm I might get a little furious. <laughs> yeah. Well, I you know you grow up with animals, you step in shit. It's a different part of the. I mean, in New York, yeah. in New York, it doesn't pay. There's not as many Karens. I don't know if you you know what a Ben you, Ben. Come on, you know what oh, a yeah. Karen is, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. So this is something. This is the, the entitled person who. Let me speak to the manager. They got. They all of a sudden they have this authority over somebody else. It, there's not as many Karen videos in New York City, considering how many people there are in New York, the tri-state area, and a lot of it's because. You let that shit go. There's no, there's no, there's no reason to lose your life or start a thing. There's not as many Karens in New York as there are in different parts of the country. Like you don't see as many Karens. There, once in a while you'll see it, but never, never crazy. It does not pay to tell someone, "Hey, you got to pick up that dog shit." Fuck it, fuck that guy. Uh, you know, if that guy, I see, I know a guy in my street, on my in my neighborhood. He never picks it up. I'm not going to confront him. It's not my, you know, no, God bless I him. Mean, if he wants to be yeah. a piece of, if he wants to be garbage, he can be garbage. I'm not going to say anything. I'll be nice to him when I say it. I'm so, hey, how, how's it going? Good. Good. He you wouldn't good. change it anyways, probably. I'm not going to, th- I, I have to live in this neighborhood. I'm not going to like uh, all of a sudden be the guy. How many people but, do you think walk around with their little shoe bags with them <laughs> and act like they're going to pick up the shit and then just never pick it? I have a rule. If we're in the park, on a trail, I will not pick it up. If you're in the woods, that's it. I mean, I am, what am I going to pick up the guard? You know, I'm going to pick up the That's ne- where shit goes. That's where shit goes. It goes into nature. I'm not going to pick it up in nature to put it in a garbage can. Let it, let, you know. So if, it's, if we're out in the woods and we're walking on a trail, I kick some dirt over it. That's no problem. Oh, I have <laughs> definitely, I'll tell you fucking, I have had situations where there's been a hole in the bag. And the only bag I have left, and I have pretended to pick something up because I'm afraid that someone's going to see me, but I'm not going to stick my bare finger into it. I have done that a couple times. Coward. <laughs> yeah, it's a coward. It's a real. Ca- it is a coward move. I've also, I've also, one of my dogs had mat. This is this show. It's unbelievable. I, I mean, I swear to God, it's like hilarious. But I have had a dog had massive diarrhea, and there is nothing you can do about it. And I came back, and I came back after we walked with a bucket of water, and I announced 
<laughs> in the street. I'm just gonna clean up this this poo, and I fucking <laughs> hose the whole city. Out. I hold the whole the whole street off with two five gallon buckets of water. And, and this woman said, "That's so nice of you." I'm like, "Yeah, that's me. That's me." I I, I need to ask one last question to Ben. Go ahead. Um, regarding this, go ahead. I think. Um, I would make a difference between shit of a of a carnivore and of a cow, for example. Uh, how do you hmm. say the? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. so cow shit isn't isn't as isn't by far as worse or as bad as as dog or cat shit. Right. So, you're you're hundred percent correct. I don't know what it is, but cow shit, horse shit, doesn't bother me. The no. Yeah, me neither. Not, but not you know, I mean, I wouldn't press it into my mouth, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the very I'm not least, say man. I hadn't had, at the very had, least, had, I I can't say that I hadn't had a cow flick shit off its tail into my mouth before. Oh my god! What do you, you do? Know, spit it out. Oh, you curse that you curse that cow. You curse no, it to. I mean, hell, it just shit happened. Exactly. I mean, literally. No pun intended. I mean, it just something happens and you spit it out, but it's not like. Are you mad at for the some car? Reason, like, no. 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 I mean, we're just not a little. Doing work with them. No, not really. I might give the cow like a high five for like that aim. <laughs> like, good job, Bessie. Good job. Nice one. Right in the rim. You know. You know. Swish. Right in the kisser. You're <laughs> right in the kisser. No board. All that. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, I mean, and like Ben said, I mean, for some reason, cow shit, you know, and it's generally squishy and whatnot, right. but it's just for some reason not offensive. Mm. It doesn't smell particularly bad. That you're at a feedlot, you know, you got 10,000 head shit. Everywhere. That's a little different, but I don't know. It just doesn't bother you. you it's pick, more you know, relatable, kid, too. You pick up a horse turd and you just swing it at your sister. <laughs> Did you used to do that? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know. My kids hadn't quite gotten into that yet, but it's going to happen. Oh, you think so? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're going to throw They're gonna throw fucking animal shit at each other? Yep. All right. That's, that's, is that just like a, is that like a, a, course of, a course of growth? Sort of. It's something you can throw that if you hit them, it isn't going to hurt, but there's a little bit of like degrading quality. Exactly. And you know how brothers and sisters are. I'm, oh. You got to do what you can to each other. That's I could exactly totally right. see me throwing shit after my sister. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did to my sister once. I put saran wrap under the toilet seat. So the toilet seat <laughs> lifts up and I put saran wrap over the bowl and I put the yep. toilet seat down. Didn't go over very well. <laughs> not happy with me. Sister was not happy with me. Got her with her own stuff. But, I think I tried that. My sister caught it. Yeah, my my sister was pretty stoned at the time, so there was no catching. There was no. There was no. There was no. Uh, no, she her head was not on a swivel, so to speak. There was not not even a chance. But uh, I I uh, when we first moved into our house, we found on Easter morning. I think it was our first Easter in 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 our in our house, and our daughter was. Not even you know six months old. Some dude had taken a dump on our steps. <laughs> a dude, a guy. It was not an animal. It was a dude. That was the worst. That was an animal. No, no, no. That was like a. That was like a fucking. That was a. That was a. I mean, that was a. We do get a very drunken people in our neighborhood, 
and they get they get and the, the when I say drunken, they're not drunken in like partying. They're drunken in like a disaster area. There was one time I was uh, this was back before I this is when I was started at the Center for Metal Arts, and I was uh, doing a lot. I was trying to get rid of a lot of stuff, and I was eBaying. My sister got me into doing a lot of eBay. I was eBaying comic books and fishing parts and fishing supply, uh, reels and stuff like that. And I was going to the post office, and it must have been seven thirty in the morning or eight, right before they opened. And a dude fell asleep in my wife's car. She just she uh-huh. the, we, I guess she didn't lock the door. He drunkenly opened the door, got in the front seat, put the seatbelt on, and went to sleep. And I walked. I was shocked. I was in my driveway. I opened. I said, "What the fuck? There's a guy in here sleep." He was. He t- he. He, he put the seatbelt on. He was all nice and comfy and everything. <laughs> and I opened the door and I said, hey, hey. I didn't want to touch him. And I just kind of grabbed the seatbelt and kind of shook it a little bit. And he kind of woke up and he was so plastered. And it was like, obviously, just not the, I was not the person he wanted to see. And I said, you got to get out of this car. This is my car. What the fuck are you doing? And I'm losing my mind. And Hillary said, and it, well, I was like, Joe Pesci from fucking Goodfellas. I was just like, get the fuck out of the fuck. You know, you start to kind of like go into that kind of like really, I mean, my eyes are red. I can't really see straight. I'm just, you know, just fury. And the guy gets, I get out of my car. You're lucky I don't call the police. You're lucky. I wouldn't call the police. I mean, for what? I mean, you know, a guy fell asleep in the car. It's not the end of the world. And then, and then he goes, I think I left my phone in the car i said you didn't leave the phone in the car get the fuck out of here and i was like i was literally like i mean he was so small and drunk and it was like i wasn't gonna like put my hands on him but i was lit lighting him up you know how old the guy was he early 20s i mean he was just like okay so he just had a he'd had a hell of a fun night. he had a hell of a fun night and i didn't lay my hands on him i didn't call the police you know that would people would have called the police and they got back into the house and hillary's just like oh how are you what's what was that all about i said you didn't hear me and she goes yeah i thought you were talking to the neighbors i said you thought i was talking to the neighbors like that i was like i was like fucking joe pesci i was screaming and cursing i told her the whole story and she goes oh well it just sounded like you were having a nice conversation with someone like you better get your hearing check i'm fucking lighting this guy up falling asleep in the car and the moral of the story was the car smelled better after he got out of it like he didn't barf in the car he was he was wearing some i mean it was like hanging an air freshener up I'm appreciative of the fact that he, the only thing out of it, I was got my blood pressure up, but he smelled pretty good. Get out of the fucking car. And if you don't mind, what cologne are you wearing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is too good. That is too good. I, I, we, we, let's just, just back it up just a hair. Ben uh, Camon was did a live feed with uh, Abe from Eating Tools, and it was great. You guys did a great job. I want. I watched you. You are such a professional, and this is such what we're doing now is so the antithesis of what it professionally was. I totally wanted to fuck around, and because tr- I saw you smiling a little bit, and you, I know you have the kind of like a you have a kind of a subversive uh, sense of humor too. But I felt like it it, it wouldn't have been right. It, it's not about me. It was about you and Abe and it's, eating it's tools. It's not like on your live feed on Instagram, whatever that got a customer and shit. Oh, dude. <laughs> that was I have to tell you that story I have to tell you that story but uh, Ben did that work did, did that work out well with you and Abe yeah I think so I mean it was the first Instagram live and, and yeah we had fun conversation was um, you know never like 
awkward pauses or something like that. Because we, we didn't really... I mean, he had a plan, obviously, but not a strict plan. He, he prepared some knives, he had rough topics he wanted to talk about, and, and I pretty much was just uh, going along with it. And, and yeah, I mean, we talked. We ended up talking one and uh, uh, one, 1. 1.5 hours. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was funny. Well, that was that was funny. I I totally wanted to like I don't say derail, but I wanted to say some things. And a part of me was just like, don't don't make it about you. It's a, it did make you know be supportive of them. This isn't a, a fun time a time for joking and stuff. He's you know eating tools has got some serious people on. This isn't the fucking. I'm not talking about feces and stuff like that. But uh, although I think people will understand the mindset of knife makers, I think I mean they see they see each other or us. Uh, breaking each other's balls all the time, I think. So, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, it, I wouldn't have found it like an, as an insult or offense or <laughs> anything. I know, like but that, it's so. it's not helpful. It's sometimes because sometimes like I get guys who will respond on my fader knives stuff with knife talk grossness or or grossness that I've said on the on there. And it's yeah. just like, eh, not very helpful. Like, we made some jokes about it. doesn't really matter because I'm even grossed out about what the jokes <laughs> we made. And they started bringing that up on, and I had to erase them. Just like, can't you just let me a business be the business? But back to what Ben was saying, I did a live stream uh, like a month or so ago. And I was talking about Baker Forge and tool stuff. And we were talking about the Gator Piss. And, and uh, <laughs> one of our friends, Rick Hall, started who's an awesome guy rick hall awesome knife maker great guy great guy great he's a big guy big tall guy he does brazilian jiu-jitsu he's a problem just a teddy bear i know but he could be a problem like if 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 he needed to be a problem he could be a problem he's big and like capable (laughs) and it's like he's a problem and uh so he just started saying gator piss He's like, that's a, that's a terrible name. And he just started going on and on and on. And then Jeremy Spake goes, yeah, I don't know why they did that name and everything like that. And I'm just like, and I'm trying to explain. I'm like, look, don't worry about the name. It's, it stuff really works. And and, and and Ben says, well, I hope that... But Snoor goes, Snoor goes, well, when they start to do the hamon clay, I wonder what the name for the hamon clay is going to be. And then all of a sudden the conversation <laughs> started going into like potential... Uh, Baker Forge and Tool Hamon clay names, monkey poo, and all sorts of all sorts of fucking things. And then the the aftermath of it all was I had a customer on there who, and I, I said to I there was a, a woman who bought a knife for me and she wasn't used to all the fucking shenanigans. And she goes, I just want you to tell him what you know that this, this customer service was really great and I really love the knife I got you you got I got from you and I really appreciate it. And I ended up having to apologize because all of a sudden it's like you know. Talk, making you know gator piss and all this stuff and she's like oh. i said i hope i hope that elizabeth isn't still here and she goes oh i'm still here i love it it's oh, funny it, it went from from g-rated to x-rated oh real quick and then she's <laughs> oh I'm, I'm here this is funny then i got an email the next night saying from a guy saying you know like, i know that i have a knife uh order with you will you be using gator piss on the on the knife and i'm like <laughs> And I was just like, you know, and I explained and the funny part was I was explaining and I said, well, you know, you went with the stainless steel. So, so it's like, yeah, you kind of went down the cheaper way. So no, you won't be getting that, you know, that fancy gator piss. You missed an opportunity to upsell. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd already started the if knife. If you want was, the gator piss, we can do that. 
Well, for an extra six hundred ninety-nine ninety-nine. Well, that's the see. That's the problem. I don't know if it's a problem, but that's what the the there are knife makers that we know who are who are you know they charge a lot of money for knives, and it isn't really a question of maybe they shouldn't be charging so much, but it's the idea that if you're charging a, such a high amount of money, it ha you have to be very serious. And gator piss, saying I'm using gator piss, is like f a flippant name of a of a company, and that you're all of a sudden your seriousness is being diluted by your you know your flippancy. You know, I'm yeah. Not wrong. Um, but at the same time, he, who else is talking about etchant? You know, I mean, it's a people knife makers are talking. Everybody knows what gator piss is. And it's because that's what I wanted to say. I mean, I have I have the most freakish customers, and I say that as a, not as an insult because I'm a knife freak too. You know, so but but barely, almost never I've been asked uh, about the etchant. I mean, out of curiosity or to you know, uh, produce a patina on the knife themselves. They ask, you know, what is better, etching in coffee or ferrochlorate or whatever, but they never asked, what did you use? Um, so I think that's not really a thing. And I would, I, I would think the customer who asked you, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if he was just fucking with you. He might have been. He was, I, yeah, he might have been, but he was like getting into it. Like he was getting into the, are you going to be using a gator piss on my knife? <laughs> Okay. Like, no. Oh yeah, you really did miss an opportunity. I might have <laughs> missed an opportunity. You know, it's luck. It's fine. I, I, I'd rather not. I'd rather not. I have to upsell every single one of them. Like, you want that Gator piss? It's going to be an extra hundred dollars an, an inch. For, yeah, for an extra fifty bucks, I'll just piss on it myself. <laughs> yeah, I can use Gator piss. I, it's I just, stainless. Yeah, I'll just dip it in. No problem. No problem. I, yeah, the answer is yes. I used it. Yeah. Actually, it brings me to a topic that I kind of wanted to uh, see what you guys thought about. Both of you have the styles that you've kind of created your own. Like when I look at either one of your knives or hammers, uh, Ben Snor makes hammers. Ben Kamon makes beautiful knives. You can you can see it when you, you when you when you see it. You don't have to see the name. You know what what it is. What do you think the difference is between uh, influence being influenced? like other knife makers being influenced by your work or being inspired by your work. Because I'll give you an example. I get a lot of guys who tag me in their in their posts and they'll make a knife that's very, I mean, just like dead nuts, my knife. And they'll say, I'm inspired by Jeff Fader. And part of me always is like, you inspire, you influenced. And I wonder what you guys think the difference is. Oh. Because you know, Ben, you you, you go know, ahead, you have... Ben. I gotta, I gotta think. About that. Yeah, I'm, um, I mean, I'll take it. I think, I mean, if it's inspired to me means that I'm um, uh, taking a certain style or or a certain um, how to say, it? Uh, not not a craft but a, a technique, and then applying it to my own work. So you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by a certain knife maker and I think I could use that idea and make it my own but you know you can't can't just blatantly copy it and and then say you you've been inspired I mean right. you may have been inspired to yeah. copy someone but you that that's just yeah well I I, I pretty well agree with that is you know if, if you're if you're 
inspired by somebody, you can take little bits and pieces of what you like about a certain thing and combine and it, make it your own. Yeah, yeah. Can combine it with your own style or even other people's styles, but then you make it your own, and then influence is borderline. Just maybe just copying. I, 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 it made me think about it because I remember my first job as a, as a metal worker when I was 19, 20. I was working for this uh, really cool, hip uh, metal worker, sculptor, and stuff like that. And he used to say, let's go to the museum and get inspired. And we would go to the museum and look at artists that were not doing metal work. They were doing paintings and still lives and we were just getting he wanted to get our you know, he said i want to get i want to get my juices flowing i want to get i want to get inspired i want to get super excited to get back in the shop and do my own work and it, it, it what it meant to me being inspired was you're inspired to be creative by something right and it doesn't necessarily have to be a thing it could be like i'm just fired up to like when i went went to the center for metal arts to see everything i got back and i was fired up to get back to work i was inspired to get back to work when I think about influence, I think about like when artists talk about who their influences are, that you can kind of see where their design decisions have come from. And I feel as though like this person, I, this person has been, I mean, uh, this, is, this knife maker has been an influence on me or this artist has been an influence on me. And you can see that, that kind of connection. But when when I hear an artist, when I hear sculptor, when I hear knife makers say I'm inspired by this guy, and then you're just like rip straight ripping him, it's just like I feel as though inspired gives the listener more the idea of being creative, and less influences is is less is like a lesser version to them of being uh, inspired. How, how do you feel whenever you see something that is just nearly a direct rip off of something fake? Uh, not, not mentioned at all. You and I going back and forth with those, and it 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 used to be flattering until someone would say this is inspired by you know by Jeff, and then they kind of make it seem as though it's their whole concept instead of saying I'm doing my version of a Jeff Fader knife. Uh -huh. They'll make it see, and they'll tag other chefs, and they'll like all of a sudden it's just like, you know, but I'm I I'm you know my books are open. I'm happy to make more of these of my dis, you know, my creativity, and it's like that kind of irritates me. But at the same time, it's like I'm on my own. I can't spend my life uh, worrying about other people. I need to be on my own path. So I'm also very much along the lines of trying to like. Eh, give that's fine just do your own thing now there was a couple guys who i had to stop making certain things um uh, there were like steak turner guys who completely i mean beyond ripped me i mean it was just identical i did these steak turners out of i'm not going to go into it but and then i they got i got complete i mean it was completely stolen from i mean i even did the the twist i did an example of the twist on knife talk the uh, the back in the in the on instagram and these guys made a business out of it and but I was that's just like, copy then. I mean, I mean, it was a straight copy. And to the point where I was like, am I going to be mad about this? And I'm like, no, let them have it. I don't want to do it anymore. But I was irritated for a while. I was irritated. I, I will say, though, that the difference between influenced and inspired is difficult for me, too, now that you, you know, put it in words so, so nicely. Because I took a part of Terzola, Bob Terzola, uh, his file work, for example, right. 
I took it one-on-one, -on -one, but applied it to a kitchen knife. And even uh, used materials he would use in his folders, like titanium and ultem. Um, so I, I don't, I, I mean, it's completely different from his work since it's kitchen knives, uh, different shape. The file work is pretty much a copy, I will say that. But if it wasn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see a, a connection there either. So if I'm, somebody asked you about it, would you say, yes, I, I pretty well, I mean, this is where I got the idea for this? I, I totally advertised it as, as that. And I asked Bob uh, up front if it's okay if I use this and make a kitchen knife from it because I like his work so much. And, and it wasn't just bootlicking, but I'm really a fanboy of his. And I thought it would be cool on my knife. So, But uh, what I'm getting at is that it isn't really a black or, and white issue, but there are, I think, uh, there are tears to it. I mean, um, of course. That, the, the influence I took from Lin Ray with my monolith knives, the, the T-cross section, that isn't a copy, but that's, that's, that's a lot of his influence as well, or inspired. I don't, know, I don't know where to draw a line or where the difference really is. But the, the difference is, is you're giving credit to yeah. that style. You've been very, very honest about that. And the other thing is, is like, I don't think that there's really, I don't think that your monolith knives and the x-ray knives are really the same thing at all. I mean, just because you have that kind of transition where there's the top of the spine and you make that T transition, I don't really see that as being, I mean, I started doing yeah. that with my friction folders a little bit and just because it was a kind of, it made it a blacksmithing thing, but I, I don't necessarily think that it was something that you have to worry about. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of in the same spot. And just the cross-section itself is similar in, in many ways. But, uh, I mean, it's similar with, or it, 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 it's, it's the same with Terzola. Uh, mine are kitchen knives. So looking at it in, in, in that way, they are way different, but still kind of the same, you know. I, I, I just... I'm just saying I don't know where to draw a line there. It's it's very it's very difficult and very subjective, I think. It is very subjective. Well, Sorry, go ahead. Know, man. Uh, kitchen knives are, are similar to it to like a hammer or the, the tool business, axes, whatever. There is nothing new. You can't completely redesign it and still say this is a hammer or this is a kitchen knife. There's only so many ideas out there. So it's it's just trying to put your own twist on what other people have been doing for hundreds of years. And I'm not casting aspersions saying one is bad and one is good. You know, we're influenced by things, and that's just the way it is. It's just how you can capture it. I'm sorry, Ben, you were saying? Oh, no, that, that was pretty much it. It's just, I've, I've, been, I've dealt with some of this recently on somebody making a hammer that just a direct ripoff of mine, but mine is my interpretation of an older style that was made a hundred years ago. And since it was made a hundred years ago, this character says he's done nothing wrong because I don't own the copyright or whatever on the hammer. And I finally just had to let it go. Right. But if you see the two hammers together, they're nothing like the originals that were made. And his looks exactly like mine. And it just aggravated the shit. It's... Yeah. <laughs> I think, but it, it's always also intention too, because like there are times where things happen to be like I noticed over time that my knives, 
look similar to Quentin Middleton's knives. There is there is a connection there for a similarity. Now, I feel like it's important to say that we both. I mean, he was doing knives before I was by a mile, and mine was a natural evolution in regards to the shape of the handle and the shape of the spine and everything like that. I mean, I have one of his knives, and they don't look anything like it. But in my mind, a part of me is just like if I were to say whose whose knives do do my do I look like? I'd probably say Quentin number one. My my some of my culinary knives have a lot of similarities. But what's interesting was was I was thinking about it a lot, and I'm not saying I'm not all I'm saying is is like if I were to say that there was a, and he wasn't he I didn't even know about Quentin until you know way after the fact, but at the same time it's like I'm saying there is a connection, and I think probably his came first before mine. I definitely his came first before mine, and you know God bless Quentin Milton, he's my boy. Um, when I started to do the friction folders, I really started to do friction folders because I saw a guy at blade show with friction folders and I didn't want to do I start I did one slip joint folder and I and I it was such a pain in the ass and I hated it I hated like the fiddliness of it and the, I just wanted to forge something and then I made one out of with bolts and bolted some handles together and I hated it and then I saw that uh Charlie Lionheart and and Nick uh Nick Rossi were both forging the handles and I thought I should try that and I started to kind of they inspired me they inspired me to look at forging a handle and then there wasn't a the only influence or inspiration from them was the idea of forging a handle and you know and then I kind of used started using the angle bar which has been something that I really enjoy and what I did was I used the inspiration of them using the technique of forging the handle to come up with my own style and have something that's my own. So like, I understand that there is, you know, there's nothing wrong with influence. There's nothing wrong with being inspired. It's just a question of being honest about where these things come from. I agree with that. That's yep. it. But it's tough, man. It's tough because like, it's also, I was actually watching, uh, I, Instagram and you know, social media is getting so like, I'm, I'm really starting to kind of like lose steam on it all. Frankly, it's just like it's they've changed. It becomes work. It becomes well, it, at the same time, I'm I feel I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. You know, I'm not I don't necessarily know that if I don't really I'm not 100 percent sure. But when I watch stuff, the one thing I started to watch was I watched there's I guess there's this kind of these type of people who bike across the United States. And there's this <laughs> trail called the transatlantic bike route. And you can get like a, a there's a there are these bike organizations that have a pamphlet, and the pamphlet will tell you how to bike across America safely, the places you can stop, the places that allow you to camp along the way, and it's very it's almost like the Appalachian Trail where there are like little spots where you can camp, and you know so the transatlantic the Trans American Road Route I'm probably not even saying it right, but it's cool. So I started following this one guy, and he would. Instagram every day and he's like this is what I did and this is what I ate and this is what I saw and then here, here are the stats and then he would take video and stuff like that and I loved following along while he was biking across America it was really fun it was fun content and then I found another guy who's doing the same thing he was doing the same trail it was a different guy his style of video was exactly the same they were going a different way and he might have been doing a little bit a little bit different but I was just like this motherfucker is completely ripping off the same content as my other bike guy. To the point where I had to unfollow one, unfollow the second one because I'm like, you're straight jacking this guy. 
was he so, inspired or influenced? He was both. He was <laughs> fucking. I mean, it was like so lame because like even the cadence of how they did the videos and the places that they went because the Trans American Trail. They'll tell you, you know, what places, you know, they, he was doing the exact same goddamn thing. And the, he was making his videos almost identical. And it was like, there's nobody does anything original anymore. Well, I mean, I can't say that I hadn't, and I've, I've told him this, and I've said it before. I've directly ripped off Riley Kirkpatrick on the style of video whenever I'm doing Because it worked. I don't blame you. I don't and, blame you. You know, it's a pain in the ass to do it. But yeah, I... I straight up ripped off his style and it makes a good video so why not do it and he's not bothered by it so but you, you both have are doing different things though. what'd you say what's up you have the funny entry though with your videos like catching a tongue or throwing the oh, so, sometimes i try to yeah <laughs> i mean i mean i, I like to. both but <laughs> but you, i don't think that i don't think that anyone would would say you know I, I mean, I think that the, I don't think that's the same as as I don't think you guys are doing the same at all. I mean, I I, f I find it to be. I mean, blacksmithing in general is very good for people on social media. Like fire and shit is like it's always a winner, always. So it's like, and his lighting is very good, and I don't blame it. None oh, of it. I don't and blame it. Such a good scenery. I mean, all of it. His videos are just fantastic, and I'm stuck in an orange or a yellow barn. And it's hard to get, you know, the same feel as this open-sided barn, you know, and you got the mountain elk in the background, blue sky, all of that. I mean, he does a fan phenomenal job. The lighting is excellent on his... But you know what the thing is? I'm convinced with Briley, and I had him on here, and he's such a great... He's a great... He has a great talk, is I don't think people really understand what goes into making horseshoes. Because the horseshoes that he forges are beautiful objects and it's like oh, it's not they're, what they're people normally see yeah. you know i like was, they're complex forgings too way more so than people think no i think i, mean, just I the, think they're the complex <laughs> yeah i mean somebody who knows how to forge i mean the fact that he when he cuts in when he cuts in the channel in the inside and he explained what the channel's for there's no like you know, when I forge my hammers, I mean, they look like I fucking used a, like a, I mean, they're so rough. And he, he doesn't have any, when he's incising in those lines, there's never any, it doesn't even look like there was any mishits at all. There's no bumps, there's no chips. They're like, the, it's, it's, it's like there was, it was like they were carved. But like, there's no blacksmithing shit that I know that I would do. It would be chippy as shit. It would look like, you know, it would be, you know, crunky at all you know it wouldn't be straight lines that's for sure well there aren't straight lines in a horse really. no but i mean like they're not like the lines are very it's almost cal it's almost you like mean, calligraphy crisp. yeah crisp it's like calligraphy those fucking lines yeah he does good at the, real good at that but it's hard man the the whole the whole uh the whole social media thing is hard and the older i get the like the less i want to do it and now what's the name of the hoffy student uri hoffy uh, Zivik Gottlieb. Yeah, yeah. His videos are great. He does a. Have you seen his, Ben? No. Zivik oh, Gottlieb does a. He does. He time basically. Lapse. Yeah, he does time lapse and it's very All fast, right. fast paced. Yeah, Zivik Gottlieb. Uh, I think it's Gottlieb Art Studio or something like that. Zivik's fucking great. And um, yeah, he does a nice job with that, with that explanation of stuff. I mean, 
you know, I, I'm a huge fan. He's oh, a yeah, fan. yeah. I've seen this guy. He's a good guy. Great guy. He's, yeah. a, he's a pistol, too. He's a total pistol. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's hard, you know. It's, 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 th- th- I recently, I've, I've, th- I've recently been uh, doing more food stuff only because, I'm, frankly, I'm getting, I am getting suppressed. Anytime I do uh, real, like, trying to sell knives uh, or show people new stuff, and I always think that it's so colorful and stuff like that. I'm surprised that they, you know, the algorithm sees it as that and I get suppressed. I have to do culinary stuff because all of a sudden that's the only way I'll get new viewers. And, um, and then I just recently got a nice job order that made me just be like, all right, I'm going to sit off Facebook. I'm going to sit off Instagram for a while. I'm just going to like. Did you get the order? Job out. I got one, one nice one. I got one nice one. I got nice, nice. one nice one that's, that should uh, keep us busy for for a while with a little bit extra for Christmas. So you it makes me not talk hustle. about it, right? Yeah, 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 it's a it's a nice order. It's a nice order that we're like I just I'm waiting for the seal to come in and I'm waiting for some contracts to be finished. But um, it's uh it makes me like not feel the need to uh you know shuck and jive for uh <laughs> for to sell some knives because frankly the newsletter isn't working as well as I'd like it to. But, Upfront um, payment though. Yeah, they're paying. They're giving a a nice deposit, deposit. Yeah. a deposit up front, and then with the rest of it, when it's done, which is fine by me. Uh, whatever it took to to get the job done is fine by me. That's but uh, well, you know, hard out speaking there. Speaking of food stuff, I've got a question for the Austrian here <laughs> because I know nothing about Austria and I like food. Give it to me. What is like the quintessential Austrian food? I mean, is the... it similar to German? Is it schnitzel? Uh, calm down, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Schnitzel is our food, not the German. Is it, is German it really? Food. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't know these things. Shots it's, across it, the okay. bow. Oh, baby. It, it, all right. Calm down, cowboy. See, <laughs> we're learning. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> I was joking. Um, it's, it's, it's Wiener Schnitzel. It's, it's, I mean, historically seen, there are debates if it, if it, if it did come from Italy or, or, or French, I think, because of the, you know, uh, I don't know how the how the term is, but the coating of the of the of the meat. But uh, way more interesting is the way we prepare, um, like beef. Um, we 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 um, cook steak cuts, and that's quite unusual in the world. We too cook our steak. <laughs> no, no, I mean cook in water, like um, how, oh, how you is boil, boil it. Yeah, 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 we we boil it. Um, I I can't I can't say. Which cut it is in English, but we boil it, and and that goes back to our emperor, because he liked it, and that you know the history, history of it. I don't know exactly, but it's unusual. It it tastes very good, and you can you have a very round dish because the soup that results from that, you can use that for a side dish, and you know you uh, use use the whole uh, you, you use all the stuff within the process. It's 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 a very what, uh, I, I do like you know what what part of the cow it comes from? Uh, I I could Google it real quick. It's it's similar to um, uh, fuck, I'm missing the terms. It's got uh, like what's a the shank. steak cut where the where the fat is on the top and and below that is just just uh beef, like a brisket. Yeah, uh, brisket could be. Is that a steak cut? Brisket, yeah. brisket's like down on the chest, right? Like below the neck. Or are you talking up higher, like where ribeye? I I wonder if we loin. even have the same cuts. I'm I'm thinking right now. I would um, think it's a. I would think you would, the, what you would describe as a brisket. 
Yeah, yeah, it could be. Um, because that yeah, also uh, does well. That does well braised. But, yeah, but that's and, that's and pretty boiled, typical. Like corn, corn beef. Right. That's pretty typical Austrian in the sense that most nations would use that cut and just um, you know make make steak from it, um, okay. eat it medium or rare or whatever, and and we cook it that. And when I was young, I, I wasn't a big fan of that because I thought you know you 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 uh, pay a lot for good beef and then you boil it to death, but. Um, I was kind of thinking something similar, but I'd be willing to try it. Yeah, you you have to try it. If you ever end up in Austria, you have to try it. It's really, really delicious. But the thing about schnitzel is there's supposed to be like an air pocket between the breading and the meat, right? I mean, if you if you um, make the... Um, how is the coding uh, called in English? The breading? Or, yeah, the I mean, breading. It, if you make the breading correct, that will develop on its own. I mean, you have to have a certain amount of fat in the pan. It it can't be too uh, too little. It's almost like frying. It's right. like thick, um, like half an inch of fat in the pan. And then the, the schnitzel has to float in the pan. And um, if the temperature is right, and you know, you if you if you have done that a few times, I think that's pretty much developing on its own. But yeah, it, it can't be it can't be sticking on the meat like really crisp and be tough or something like that. It has to be light and and, and nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Would you? Schnitzel and boiled beef. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of dumplings too. I think uh, when right. a- Abe was visiting from e- from eating tools, and he was kind of I-, I didn't know that dumplings aren't a big thing in the world, but apparently. Uh, he he didn't know those kinds of dumplings, so we make dumplings from bread or potatoes. So we have a lot of dumplings in our food as well, <laughs> apparently, uh, compared to the U.S. at least. And uh, sauerkraut, of course, that's oh, yeah. kind of German, oh, yeah. Austrian. Uh, yeah. How close are you to like Alsace? Uh, I far? couldn't tell you. Okay. All right. I always thought that I thought that Alsace was like a mix between French and Austrian. Am I, I think wrong? it's pretty far away, like okay. nine hours drive or something. Oh, that's far away. Because that's a quite an interesting uh, cuisine. The Alsatian food and wine is uh, this mix between you know Austria or Germanic food and French food. It's quite its own thing. It's pretty kind of weird. Yeah, I mean we we. We, as Austrians, we have a lot of influence. I mean, our um, like side dishes, the sweet dishes. Oh, how do you call them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, they are influenced a lot by Hungary and and Czech Republic. Or I mean, that was Austria at one time. So we we have a lot of influences going on. Goulash is a typically Austrian dish as well, but originated in Hungary, of course. Right. So, uh, and and we. We have a lot of French influences too, I'd say, in, in our food, like with the breading, for example, or Italian. I, I don't really know, but I think <laughs> we're quite, we were always quite open to that. And we, right. we always were mixed, like a country of mixed um, nationalities, I would say. Well, it's actually funny that you say that because I think about the food that's influencing New York and... Philadelphia is very known for their cheesesteak. And you're not even you don't even call it, if you're from Philadelphia, you don't call it a Philly cheesesteak and you don't call it a cheesesteak, you know. So what a cheat what is cheesesteak? You call it a, if you're from Philly, you call it a steak. 
So it's very thinly cut ribeye that's sauteed and then chopped up, like, and then in a bun, when usually you have choice of like cheese whiz or onions or whatever the fuck, you know, whatever you want. And frankly, I'm going to say this with peace and love, it is overrated. I've had it from like one of the Philly cheesesteak places. And it's just, I mean, it's overrated. It's fine. Is, I mean, it, it's, one, is it one of the two cheesesteak places that are like directly across? No, the no, no. It was, everybody... I went to, I went to a place and I was like, I was training for the New York City Marathon and we went down to Philly and it was a, a place called John's that was like more kind of like, you know, like respected. It wasn't Gino's or Pat's. It was like, right. and the thing is that it's, it's, it, it's, it's closer to being a cheesesteak is not what you think it is. You'd think that a cheesesteak would be thin slices of steak with all the shit in it but it's almost like just chopped meat i mean because they really beat the shit out of it they chopped it to hell so it's hmm. almost like it's like it's almost like hamburger meat that with all this shit in it but the funny thing is and god bless him you want i'm sure if you're drunk and you had one i better be the best goddamn thing you'd ever had in your life if you're like if it's two o'clock in the morning and you want something to eat and there's an opportunity to get a cheesesteak you are all in and i'm sure it's i'm sure it's like the best goddamn thing you ever had in your life but all over the East Coast, they try to promote selling in their delis a Philly cheesesteak. And it's usually, I mean, it's bad. And it's usually, and, but, but people from Philly get furious about it because it's not, it's not a cheesesteak. So. Yeah. I never understood the name, to be honest. I mean, I never had one. Obviously, it's not a thing in Austria, but I, I know about it. But I, I associate steak with, you know, a thick beef cut. Right. And medium rare or medium uh, um, uh, seared or, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how this is a steak, to be honest, as an, as an, well, as a foreigner. You got a point. Yeah. You got a point. You got a point. So if you guys want, we could cover a little, we could round everything out with a little bit of weird news or if there's something That's you guys want to talk about. There's some weird news. All right. So what I mean, I'm going to do is. I'm going to read you guys off some weird news stories, and then you decide if you want to talk about it or not. It's up to you. Um, here's one. Uh, after seven dates, my partner got a tattoo of my name. Now I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I don't really feel like that needs to be explored. That's just rational. That's uh, Yeah, it doesn't need to be explored. You're a bad person. I mean, you are dumb. You are a dumb you person. Are dumb. You are a dumb yeah. person. Like that was the one of the things when I, when I was friends with a tattoo, uh, my tattoo guy says when I first started getting tattooed, they used to say, never get the woman that you love or the person that you love on your arm. Never do it. It's always like the kiss of death. So I never did that. Uh, I'm a daughter's name, but that, I don't know my wife's name. I've, I've heard you can get your mother or your daughter's name. Or your, you know, your kid's name. I'll do yeah, respect never, to never your significant. Other. I'll do respect to my mother. Don't don't, don't hold your breath. <laughs> I'll do respect. Um, she was not happy with me to get a tattoo. If I think that if I'd got a tattoo with her name on it, she probably would have knocked her over. Um, man charged with driving under the influence in a ch a children's Power Wheels Jeep. <laughs> you like you know you know what you know what that is. You know what that is, Ben. I would think like a electrical bobby car or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Do you want to do that one? <laughs> sure. <All right>. Totally. <laughs> okay. Um, now wait. Go ahead. I got I got five bucks. Says it's in the floor. Um. Ooh, you losing that five bucks, Georgia? 
In India, oh, you're losing that five bucks too. An Indiana State Trooper was patrolling the area of this place, and he spotted a 51-year-old identified as John McKee operating a Power Wheels Jeep on the city roads. The man had been arrested, taken for taken to jail after being handed a DUI for being under the influence of meta, methamphetamines and marijuana while driving a children's a children's toy car. An Indiana State Trooper was out patrolling on Wednesday. Uh, August 23rd at about 9 p.m. when he spotted something odd. Trooper Buchanan was patrolling, blah, 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 blah. According to the trooper, the vehicle had no lights or reflectors. It was <laughs> difficult to see. Concerned about the safety of the battery-powered ride-on vehicle designed for children, the trooper pulled pulled over the driver. The driver of the vehicle was 51-year-old John McKee of something something. Uh, he was stopped on 2nd Street. The Indiana State Police says McKee displayed signs of impairment and failed sobriety tests. He was taken to the Good Samaritans Hospital in uh, this, the town where he lived, where he was determined by further investigation that he unf- under the influence of methamphetamines and marijuana. As a result, he was arrested and taken to Knox County Jail, according to police. Um, but he avoided a DUI. No, he got handed. Uh, he, uh, he'd been handed the charge of operating a vehicle while intoxicated, okay. All right. uh, with a prior conviction level of se- six felony. Uh, some people question whether the charge is the case. One person said, "Could it really be construed of operating while impaired? It's a child's toy, though it wouldn't be operating on the. Uh, he shouldn't have been operating on the roadway. It's not a registered vehicle. Maybe it goes four miles an hour top speed." Another said, "Can you really call a Barbie battery-operated Jeep a vehicle? I mean, really." A fel- I mean, technically, it is a motor vehicle. Uh, others, saw more, uh, others saw a more light-hided side of uh, the news. One person said, would have liked been a fly on the wall when the other detainees asked him what he was in for. I bet that Jeep has had more off-roading than most normal ones, one commentator said. I wonder if he can pay his finest Monopoly money. No. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious. Here in Austria, you can, you know... If you own a driver's license and you're uh, driving around drunken with your bicycle, then they can confiscate the driver's license as well because they are like assuming that you know the the uh, street laws or how do you say it? the traffic laws, right? And uh, yeah. they they confiscate the driver's license for you driving drunk with a bicycle. So wow. I'm I'm wondering if that's true for the U.S. or uh, as well. Uh, I don't. You can you can get in trouble like that with a horse in Texas. Really, <laughs> really. Yeah. What happens? Well, I, I, you go to jail. And I, don't, <laughs> I guess I can impound your pony. But I mean, the horse has a will on its own, or I mean, yeah. I well, mean, but you're, he you're operating on on a public motorway intoxicated, and if you're on a horse or a bike or whatever, I'm pretty sure you get in trouble. Craig okay. told me, Craig Lockwood told me that in his town, there are so many people with DUIs, there's a special car that you can buy if you've lost your license. And it's like, it just falls under, it's like a, it's like a, it's almost like a go-kart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have these people, too. and it's like, it's, it's like, it's not really, I mean, it's more powerful than this fucking Jeep, this Barbie Jeep, but it's like, it's this like loophole that you see these dudes and basically these go-karts going to to the bar from their home yeah. and it's not considered drunk driving if you're on one of them it's it's like a scooter um yeah. engine in a in a four-wheel car kind of but very small and you don't need a driver driver's license for that but it only reaches like in miles per hour probably 25 or 30 
something around that. And you can't uh, go onto the um, highway, highway with it either. Hmm. So, um, what, what, yeah. like you have to ride it on the sidewalk? No, no, it's it's, it's <laughs> just the highway is prohibited. Nobody um, okay, gets. Like, I've never heard of anybody getting a ticket for a, uh, being on a bicycle. There, there was this one moment of a number of years ago where p police were going to start to give tickets to bicyclists who didn't stop at stop signs, and then. And then that's just, I've never even heard, no one has ever even heard of that. But I mean, I can't imagine, I don't think that, I mean, when you see anybody in our town on a bicycle, if they're over a certain age and they're wearing work boots, they've had a DUI. These are not, <laughs> these are not like, these are not like, these are people who have lost their license. You can tell. Yeah. Now, we've got a power wheels out here for the kids. Right. How does a grown man get inside a power wheel? He got his knees up. He got his knees in his chest. I mean, he's on meta. He, I saw a picture uh, of him. He looks like he's thin. <laughs> he on that. He's on that. He on that drug. Still, if you're skinny, I, I, that power wheel still got to be stuffed full as Vegas hooker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that if I sat in a power wheel, the the weight of it wouldn't go. Yeah. So I mean, like, I, he must have been a little thing. Still. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I, I think that I think that if I was the police officer pulling him over, I don't think I could put him in jail. I, I think I would have said something to him, and be like, "Bro, you got to get off the fucking road. You know, get the fuck off the road." I think if it was if he was a first time offender, yes. But if you've got that kind of record already, oh, they wanted to pull him off. Yeah, I mean, they. I think it's a it's it's up. a thing of how he replies to. You know, <laughs> fuck you! I'm driving my yeah, toy, yeah, right? <laughs> and then it's all. Where do you think yeah, I'm going? Where am I yeah, going? Where do you think I'm going? I'm going to the Toys R Us. I'm a get my oil change. World. <laughs> I'm going to get my oil change over at the Toys R Us. What do you think I'm doing, dummy? Yeah, yeah. It was all. It was all. Uh, yeah, I mean, he. It was no choice. He had no choice. I have heard of people getting like DUIs for driving their uh, lawn mowers because they've lost their licenses. And then they've... Have you heard about those guys? Those guys are awesome. Those guys are awesome. It's like they, it's their own loophole of their, they lost their license and they're on the roads with uh, driving lawn mowers. I have not seen that, but I know there's some folks around Clarendon that ride around on the mower all the time. It, I I wish no, you I would why. love I would love to have a a golf cart in my town. I know I would pre much prefer to go to my shop in a golf cart than in a car. Like if if that was a normal thing, like if it wasn't like I mean, if I got a spe I I don't want to be the only guy in town driving in a golf cart, but like if the opportunity arised for a rechargeable golf cart to go back and forth like i only gotta go a mile or two i would be like and i would i would bike to the shop except for there's this one hill leading to the shop that is so grotesque that i can't do it and i gotta go let my dogs out for a leak at lunch but i would totally if that was a thing and golf carts in this town was the thing i would be all in on driving you should be the trendset on that I can't. No, that that I can't do. That I cannot do. I cannot be the trendsetter. I gotta like in certain. I gotta go. I have to be low key. I have to be low key. So uh, I, I'm with Ben on this. Be the reason they make. 
and I got, and I I'm, would I would I would celebrate it. I would drive around standing like the Pope, you know, <laughs> winking at people. <laughs> Make your own Pope mobile. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I would I would love. I mean, you know, what about getting one of those 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 motorized bicycles? people have well, now you know what the crazy thing about that is in in new york in new york there was there were there were such j- rules for motorcycles in in scooters and stuff like that you you have to have a special license you have to have a uh you have to have a uh um you have to have insurance obviously and then you have to always wear a helmet like in new york state's a helmet state law like you can't they get pulled over for now now people well, are on these motor like, people are on these motorized assisted bicycles do people are on these motorized scooters and and bicycles nobody's wearing helmets and it's not i don't understand how it's not a motorized vehicle like these people are whipping through this one woman was zipping passes on this bike <laughs> and i turned to my wife and i'm like if she falls she is fucked she is fucked for the rest of her life i mean she was doing 30 on this bike easy on this electric bicycle and i don't understand how those aren't electric vehicles. i'm not going to be caring about it i mean god bless you when we ride it go ahead i i say you just you become one of them. Don't question your good fortune of why they don't have to wear helmets or have all this other shit. Just get get a bike and then ride it to work. Well, I was I, they're always tempted to do the one wheel to the shop. The problem is, is it's far more physical than you realize. And I just know that I would be like my my legs would be shaking by the end of it. It's like a long time to be on that one. After a long time on the one wheel, your legs get shaky and you get a little bit just like this is kind of enough already. Um, but think about how you get in shape. Get in shape just for that. I, I but I don't want to get to the shop and I'm like fucking low blood sugar. You know what I mean? Like I, I got I can't like <laughs> I can't ruin my day at the shop. You know I have That's to be like Capri Sun. Yeah, I gotta get. <laughs> I, well, here's the thing: is my mother-in-law has a has a golf cart because she has um, illnesses and she she's not as mobile and she has a golf cart for the property that they're on. And I've taught my kid how to drive on the golf cart. Golf carts are underrated transportation. I'm surprised you don't have a golf cart, uh, Ben. Oh, I got a, I got a side of Polaris Ranger that I drive around all the time. Yeah, that's like the it off-road is, golf cart. It's an yeah. off-road, yeah. But it'd be no. I mean, it's I, I, I do everything I can to not drive a pickup and drive that Ranger. Yeah. No doors. I, you just I've get got in. Doors, doors and windshield. I got a heater in it for in the winter. It's the best. I can go anywhere on the ranch in five minutes. Well, maybe not five minutes, but I can do it going forty-five miles an hour. Is it? But is it like? Is it like a drive a steering wheel, or is it like like a? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I'm ready. Don't have to worry about getting stuck. And it's small, right? Similar it's to small, the golf yeah. cart. So it's kind of like basically what those drunk people in uh, France and Austria <laughs> drive around in. No, because it—I mean, it'll go sixty miles an hour. Oh Jesus, really? Yeah, yeah. Those hmm. those for the yeah, trunk people. Those for the trunk people are smaller. I, I've oh, seen yeah, Ben yeah. One, ben, as a Ben's uh, like, uh, how do you call it again? <laughs> a ranger. Yeah, ranger. But but the drunk people's uh, mo- four wheel moped is smaller. <laughs> I would be all in for a, a golf cart. That would be so nice. Just kind of like one leg out, and you're just like got your one, you got your arm on the side of the thing, and you're just kind of like 
bobbling around. Blowing up. Oh George God, it would be fucking down the road. perfect. I would be. I would totally have the prayer flags on there. I would. I would. If if it was a little bit more normalized, I would be all in on a golf cart. Take the roof off. Drive it standing. I'm. <laughs> You're obsessed I'm with driving it standing. I, I'm. I am 100 with him on that. Driving it standing. Oh my God! Can you imagine if you got in a car accident or a golf cart accident? You won't hurt me. yourself. You will just keep running. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got some more stories. We have uh, restaurant made employees confess workplace sins to a fake priest. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's my guy. That is my guy. This is from... Okay, okay, so owners of a restaurant in California have been ordered to pay a chunk of change in back wages and damages to employees after having a supposed priest hear their on-the-job sins. Uh, this place that uh, <laughs> operates this Taqueria Mexican restaurant in Sacramento was ordered to pay $140,000 in back wages and damages to staffers following an uh, investigation by the Department of Labor. Under oath, the employee of this restaurant explained how the restaurant offered a supposed priest to hear their work workplace sins, while other employees reported that a manager falsely claimed that immigration issues would be raised at the department in by the department's investigation. This employer's despicable attempts to retaliate against employees were intended to silence workers, obstruct investigation, and prevent recovery of unpaid wages. The so-called priest to hear the workplace sins may be among the most shameless forms of retaliation. The priest allegedly told the employees to get the sins out by interrogating them about anything from stealing from their employer, being late for work, doing anything else that could be harmful to their bosses. But it wasn't the employees who were committing the sins, as the investigators determined. Uh, the, the restaurant was not paying their staff overtime wages, which violated it. So they, uh, they also learned the employee, the employer paid managers from the employee's tip pool illegally, threatening employees with retaliation and adverse uh, immigration consequences for cooperation with the department and fired one worker that they believed to be complained to the department of. So. So wait, they don't tell you what the sins were? I, I think that they were trying to say, <laughs> here, my son, have you been late to work? Uh, yeah, this let me down. I yeah, let hoping, me down too. You know, we were going to hear about somebody putting a Band-Aid <laughs> oh yeah 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 that's that's a that that's yeah it was basically like they were just trying to like get something on these employees who were like threatening them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a, i mean that is a that is i mean i would imagine that their employees were very god-fearing people and when they had the fake priest come in i'm sure that they didn't question the priest you know i think it was very it sounds is that possible really some people are very, very religious, and I would imagine if it was a Mexican restaurant, I would imagine most of the employees were Spanish-speaking, and they might have been they might have been held to a, uh, a higher calling of God as opposed to as opposed to uh, questioning whether or not the intentions of the priest were honorable or not. Well, so he's not a real priest. Like it was a fake. They priest. need to air the dirty air the dirty laundry. Uh, like, there's no there's no actual like sanctity of, of confession. In this like. Let's hear some shit. Yeah, he was fucking in the, you know, walk-in cooler. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Uh, sorry about that one. That wasn't that was mediocre. Uh, Twitter's Elon Musk and Meta's Mark Zuckerberg agreed to a cage fight. Um, we also have smuggling news. I love smuggling news. There's a there's a. I, I'm I'm curious of y'all's take on who's going to win the fight between 
Zuckerberg. Well, do you want me to like kind of read the story and then we can make yeah, a decision? I mean, everybody kind of knows about it. Yep. I like I just want to know who you think is going to win. Zuckerberg. Yeah, I think Zuckerberg's going to choke him out. Hey, Zuckerberg's like. I, I, I think Musk. Well, here's here's the thing. Zuckerberg has been like training like MMA. Yep. He and he's he's very good friends with Dana White, and he's become like really into like fighting, like MMA I don't fighting. Think he can take a hit. I, I, you know, here's the problem with guys He's a like robot. Elon Musk. Here's the guy with like guys like Elon Musk. Good point. They think because they're good at one thing that they're good at everything. And I got a feeling if you've never wrestled before, you have no idea. I mean, when I wrestled in in junior high, it was the hardest by by, and I wrestled for. It wasn't just I wrestled for a season. I wrestled for four seasons. And every year it got harder and harder. And it was always, even when I was in shape, it was always the most physically demanding thing. And you go to a place where you're not prepared to go, that you don't realize you can go. So if, if he's not like, if Elon Musk is not training a lot really hard for a long time, he's not going to go into the cage the first time and all of a sudden just like, you know, sit on him. It ain't going to happen. Like if, if, if Mark Zuckerberg is, there's videos of him like training with like, um, champions, UFC champions. And he's like really sprawl. He's really sparring. He's, right. he's got the fucking upper hand by a mile. He's going to, and it's, he's going to make it look bad. He's, he's going to try to too. do, yeah, he's ripped. And I think he's going to try to, but how, and, how tall is Musk? I mean, is there, is there, a he's big, much bigger. He's like six, three. And how, how, how tall is Zuckerberg? I think he's like five something, five eleven, five ten. I mean, maybe if if Musk. I mean, the size difference is is I is think important. If, if Elon Musk can, can land one, <laughs> Black land a good one. But you, I think Zuckerberg go down. You always, people always say that whole puncher's chance thing, but like puncher's chance only works if you're punching. If if Elon if 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 Mark Zuckerberg is like gives him a double leg takedown, takes him to the ground, and he has a little bit of wrestling in him, a little bit of, uh, a, yeah. just a little bit of jujitsu, Musk is done. He's so fucking fat and disgusting, and like he looks out completely out of shape. There's just no way, no way. How much money does Dana White make off of fight? Oh, dude. He, I mean, it's got. Do you ever do you ever get UFC fights? Occasionally, yeah. I used to get them all the time, and then the price kept going up, and I hated being up so late. And he was he. I th I don't know if he, they're still making as much as they used to, but now that they've been bought by the WWE, I think things are going to change. But Elon, Musk, I wonder how people would really give a shit about Elon Musk and and Mark Zuckerberg. You know, I I think they will one because nobody likes them. right. Two, it's almost like watching. Your average guys get in there and do what all the professionals do, right? And it's kind of like, have you seen the deal where somebody's? Uh, it was some point somebody says in the Olympics they need to have one normal person in every event, just so you can you. see what a normal person looks like doing, running, you know, the hundred sprint versus all the top athletes, just to give like a little reference. And I feel like it's kind of like that. Well, n nowadays people are really getting into these kind of like celebrity fights. You know, back in the '80s and '90s, celebrity fights were so gross; like they were just like nobody give a shit. Now, all of a sudden, 
having Jake Paul fight these MMA fighters are getting they're getting tons of pay-per-view. I mean, they're getting tons of pay-per-view. Oh, and like Mayweather's getting tons more money even just doing these like exhibition fights. And it's like they're probably and there is so much hatred towards I mean, people are so sick of both of them even though, you know, they t say how sick you are of Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook. It's just like no one sees the irony of that. But I mean, I think that it would do pretty well. Yeah. I um, yeah, I think so too. But my money's on Zuckerberg all day. The WWE bought UFC? I don't know if they bought it, but they like it's all under one umbrella. So yeah, it's one umbrella I, I company. They did a deal yeah. where the WWE and the UFC are under this um, com um, company umbrella. Okay. So, so the fakest the fake fighting yeah yeah I, I it's it's interesting you know it would be interesting to talk i one day i would love to do watch a fight with honor because if you see honors fights on youtube he has like high he has like the greatest highlight reel of all time i mean the, the videos if you look up uh honor kagler in uh, i think it's like uh cage steel or something like that he's got i mean he's got like videos of him doing these submissions that are just unbelievably amazing it would be cool to watch a fight with him and see what he says you know yeah he's underrated in that situation there you go guys that was fun yes. it always is it always is what's going on for the both of you ben snore what's going on uh i'm going to uh tear out some more fence and Put it back. Okay. There you go. Ben Snore on Instagram. Hopefully now that it's starting to get cool cool off a little bit, I'll be able to get in the shop a little more and have everything kind of cut up around here and, and get some stuff done. All right. There you go. Ben Snore on Instagram. Ben, come on. What are you up to? What's going on? Making kitchen knives. <laughs> there you go. Making kitchen knives. You're all badass kitchen knives. Badass kitchen. Yeah, world class kitchen knives. And I and I'm honored that you come fuck around over here. So I appreciate the shit out of the both of you. Super uh, happy to do that. <laughs> okay, great. Well, you have an open invite. We'll do this again. Guys, this was a lot of fun. Go follow Ben Camon. That's Camon underscore knives. That's right, right? Yeah. Camon underscore knives. Yeah. On Instagram. Go get on his newsletter. Go follow Ben Snore on Instagram. Ben Snore on Instagram. And any of the episodes that these guys have been on this show, you should definitely listen to because they're always fun. So, guys, we're going to see you next week. And uh, thank you very much. All right, guys. Thanks again. Audi Cowboys. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Yeah.